0: Hey, it's Matthew. When I started this podcast, I had no idea how many awesome stories I would collect over just a few weeks. I'm gonna be taking some much-needed time off before I get back in the groove of grad school, so I'll be using some time to highlight a few of my favorite episodes of the show so far. This one features my brother Aaron and his poor decision-making abilities. Enjoy. Hi, this is Aaron, and this is Social Distancing. Episode 11, Three Easy Steps. This is my brother, Aaron. There's a pretty good age gap between Aaron and me. 16 years. We are technically half brothers. We have the same mother, but different fathers. He's been an adult for as long as I can remember, and someone I've admired for just as long, too. Aaron has worked a lot of jobs in his life everything from being a drug rep for a pharmaceutical company to a leader of a labor union. These days, Aaron works in insurance and is the lead pastor of the church we grew up in. Aaron is a perfect fit for both of these positions. He thrives in social gatherings. He loves small talk, and he loves his people dearly. He's driven, but extremely empathic, which is not a combination you find in most people, but exactly the kind of person who excels at the work he's currently doing. I feel like I have to really brag on Aaron for a minute because the story I asked him to share with me shows a uh, different side of Aaron. At the time of this story, Aaron had recently been married, and his wife, Arianne, was working full-time and taking night classes for her master's degree.
1: This, this was a time when I was, when I worked, I traveled Monday through Friday every single week. So even the weeks I didn't travel, my office was in Springfield, Illinois, which is three hours north of where my house is. And Arianne um, is going, she's getting an MBA at that point. So she's gone at night. All of her classes were at night and um worked during the day and then she'd leave and, and go to school at night. So she was busy and then um I was gone Monday through Friday. I'd I'd you know, come in on the weekends, do laundry, maybe eat and go to movie church and then I'd be gone. So kind of a kind of a whirlwind life that we had then and I was constant on the move, constant, never sat still. There was a week and I don't even know how or why it ended up that way, but there was a couple of days maybe that I was just home. I was working from home, and at night I was home by myself, and I was bored. You know, We didn't have Netflix then. I probably couldn't afford HBO or anything, so there may not have been anything on, and I was just bored out of my mind, and I'd probably been to the local gym to work out. At that point in my life, I pretty much traveled. I worked all day. I went to a hotel or took people out to eat and then you know, worked out. That's just basically all I ever did. I was in pretty good shape, kind of a weightlifter guy. So, and I remember going in, like always going to a gym somewhere, seeking out a gym. So I was starting to get kind of built and always been a weightlifter all my life, even in high school and college. I played sports and stuff. I think at that time I was, I was starting to bulk up a little bit and starting to, starting to show some results of my workouts and all that. And I'm, you know, kind of proud of it. This is like when the microfiber athletic gear was first coming out. Carrie Ann had bought me some, some of those shirts and, uh, you know, they weren't as high quality as they are now. They weren't wicking the sweat away from you or anything like that. They were, you know, they were pretty crude. So the evil part of this story is that, uh, in, in that sh- those shirts that she bought me is kind of what, what set all this thing up. I would wear these shirts to work out, and it would pull my chest hair. My my chest hair would come through. And even and then I started noticing like if I wore like a golf shirt, like a polo shirt or something, my chest hairs would come through. And and the e and, and what's really evil about this whole story to me is that um I'm not a I'm not known for my hair. I mean I'm I'm you know, I'm balding now, you know. Um and even as a kid I had I didn't have a lot of hair, I had kind of thin hair and even like the follicle my hair follicles were very fine.
0: Yeah, so let me give it a little context here. You and I have the same mother. We have different fathers, though. And you have hair that is essentially the same as mom's. And Kelly, our oldest brother's, is kind of similar. It's not quite as fine, but his hair is really similar. Whereas Michael and I, who have the same mother and father, our hair's a lot more like our dad's. And I'm 30 now. You probably would have been around my age when this story happened. And I'm, like, so desperate for a haircut that I don't know what to do with myself. And at this point in your life, at this age, um, you were probably a little more self-conscious about your, your head hair especially, right?
1: Yeah, I was like trying to style it and cover up stuff, you know, and all that. Exactly, absolutely. The other thing is that I never really had body hair. Like in high school, I never had, you know, like chest hair, and I took some heat in high school. Like there was a picture of me in the in the paper. I I'm, I shot like a basketball shot in a game. In the the newspaper guy took a picture like from the floor looking up. He catches like the perfect shot of my armpit, and I have no armpit hair. I'm like a senior in high school. I have no armpit hair, and so on my locker, you know, a bunch of guys had cut that out of the newspaper, and they were drawing like, 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 like here's what a, here's what you should look like, you know, like here's the body <laughs> hair you should have, you know, like. You know, and I, you know, I didn't even really have leg hair then or anything. I just, and I was young for my class. I graduated high school at 17. But then as I entered into my twenties, I kind of matured, you know, and as even like the hair on my head has kind of changed. I use clippers on my, my head like twice a week. So I keep it really, really close. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I don't shave my head, but I keep it really close. You know, I have like stubble head, but I think if I grew my hair out now, it would be like real coarse. And that was what was happening, like, in, in my 20s, and especially, like, at this time when the story took place, I was developing, like, chest hair, and it was, like, really coarse, and it would, like, poke through the shirt. And then, like, if you wear an exercise shirt, and you're doing bench press, and it's ripping the chest hair out of your chest, you know, it, it's bad. So, I was, like, kind of struggling with that, and I was starting to, you know, like, show some, some progress for my workout, so... I didn't really like being, my chest, you know, being covered up with a bunch of hair. Anyway, so I'm I'm home and, you know, I've got this chest hair that's been poking through these shirts and it's been ripping out. Um, I'm bored out of my mind because I'm used to traveling and working and everything. And my wife is at SIU, get, you know, at a master's class. I, I just been to the gym and uh I'm there and I'm bored and uh, no adult supervision so to speak and uh, you know I got like all this time on my hand and and I'm, I've got my shirt off and and I'm walking around and I'm probably like flexing it off in the mirror in the bathroom you know like checking myself out and I'm like it's just a shame that that this is all covered up with this chest hair I mean like why wouldn't I why wouldn't you want to display this? You know, I'm talking to myself and all this garbage and, you know, and I'm wandering around and, and so I'm like, well, I probably need to take a shower. I've been to the gym. So I'm thinking, what could I do to get rid of this chest hair? I mean, I, and so I go through this conversation in my head, this debate, you know, like, do I want to like razor shave it? I was like, I don't think I want to do that. You know, it's going to come back as like my face stubble on my face. You know, that's going to be horrible. And, you know, and then I've, heard, you've always heard the wives tell, you know, it's like, if you shave, it's going to come back like eight times thicker, like the Seinfeld episode, you know, where he shaves his chest and then turns into a werewolf. And, and so I, you know, I'm going through this dilemma in my head, like, what do I do? And I was like, you know, this is terrible. I, I never had body hair, you know, I can't grow hair on my head, but now I'm growing, you know, on my back and on my chest. I mean, in my ears, what, like what's going on here? I'm pilfering through the, cabinetry, because if you remember, I, I, it was my house. I, I lived there technically, but I was never there. Like my belongings were in bags and suitcases. When I left that job, I had to like claim dresser drawer space and closet <laughs> space. I had never had that. I, mean, I told her in like, where do I put my underwear and socks at? You know, that's how mobile I was then. I, I didn't even leave anything at the house. My clothes were packed. And so I'm pilfering through the cabinetry. It's all her stuff in there. And I'm looking and, and I'm probably trying to find her shaving cream for her legs or something, you know, and I'm looking through this and I see this thing in the back. And when I read the word, you know, I'm like, ah, that's it. That's what I need. And I see, I see Nair. I grew up in the seventies. So, you know, I don't know if you're, you're, you're too young to remember that, but have you ever heard the, we wear short shorts, you know, like the song, Yeah. the razorless hair removal. And I was like, awesome. I don't have to shave it. I won't have to have it grow back eight times as thick. You know, it, it says right there on the thing, hair removal. I was like, this is awesome. Uh, you know, I got the best of all worlds. I'm reading it on the back. It has directions of use. It says, step one, liberally apply the lotion to the hairy area. I was like, all right, squeeze a bunch of it in my hand, rub it on my chest real good, you know, and, and um, you know, check. I got that done. <laughs> step two, it says, wait five minutes so I'm like all right so i'm walking around and i'm actually using the the clock on the microwave i'm actually using that as my timer you know like <laughs> i'm 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 counting down 5 minutes i'm walking around you know like looking out the window and all this stuff and i could kind of smell like fumy a little bit like chemicals were at work and it was on my chest so it was like raising up into my mouth and my nose
0: had you put any thought at this point like prior to thinking like what exactly is it that this product's going to do
1: yeah so i'm a child of the 70s they advertised the the stuffings out of that stuff you know it's a hairless removal you just put it on there you have to deal with razor bumps razor burn nothing they take the razor out of it and remove the hair and that's it.
0: So you had a flashback to childhood. You thought, Great, this is easy. It can't couldn't be couldn't be simpler. Nope. Just
1: I'm on step two, bro. Already. I'm there. You know, <laughs> step two. There's only three steps. <laughs> I'm on I'm I'm on step two. I'm waiting, I'm counting my time down. So I look, i go back in and look and I could see the hair all mashed into the lotion on my chest, you know, and I was like, Well it's not disintegrating, you know. So I look and the clock finally five minutes and I give it just A little bit longer to make sure, you know what I mean?
0: Oh, yeah, safety first.
1: Well, or, you know, if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly. So five minutes, (laughs) remove the hair. Six would, you know, maybe permanently remove all my hair. I never have to do this again. (laughs) So I go in and uh, pick up that bottle, and I look on the directions. And, uh, of course, I've never read ahead in my life. so. (laughs) So I've done step one, step two, five minutes over with. I even went maybe six, seven minutes. Step three, it says take a hand towel and wipe away the lotion and the hair should come with it. So I'm like, all right, I'm right-handed. I take, I set the bottle down, I pick up this hand towel, you know, it's probably decorative or something, something, you know, something Marianne's laid out. So I just pull it off the rack and I go over and I take it and it's folded. So I leave it kind of folded in my hand and right there on the left, like over what would be like the heart part of your chest. I just go Mm -hmm. over and just like wipe I wipe away and I look down at the towel and there's a bunch of hair there. And then all of a sudden it was like, I had like cold chills and like my blood pressure just immediately doubled. And then I I heard the music from the cycle, like the, from the scary shows or the cycle, that, that music, you know, hit me
0: <laughs>
1: as I'm looking down at the towel. I'm like, Oh my gosh, there's my nipple. And so in the process, of it burning off my chest hair, it has it has chemically removed my nipple from my body. And then when I took that towel and wiped it off, my my the areola or whatever you call that thing, it <laughs> it, it came with the hair in the in the towel. So it's in the towel in my hand. My nipple. I'm looking <laughs> at the inside part of my nipple that's laying on this towel. You know, and I'm like <laughs> I'm having like a panic attack. And then I like turn around, look at the mirror and I don't know how to explain the sight that I saw. The only the only thing I can tell you is like if you order like a deep dish pizza and it's a pepperoni pizza and you're – I don't know if you're like, I've had too many pepperonis or maybe I just want to eat the pepperoni by itself. And you pick the pepperoni out of the pizza and the cheese comes with it. And then you got like that perfect circle that the pepperoni was there and then the cheese is around it. And then you got that red sauce like kind of sticking throughout the middle of it, like where the pepperoni was. That's what I was looking at on my chest. It was like a deep pan pizza where I've picked the pepperoni out and I could see the red sauce, and that's where my nipple should have been. <laughs> and it, like I, I mean, and, and then the pain, and, and it was like I don't know if you've ever experienced like a chemical burn,
0: not to that degree.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. The pain kicked in. I mean, it. It was like sheer take over the world kind of pain now. And here's, here's the most horrid part of this story. Okay. Cause I have, I have in the worst kind of ignorant way, humiliated myself <laughs> to every, you know, I've spread nair air all over myself, my chest, and I've taken a towel and I've chemically removed my left nipple and I'm staring at it in a towel. All right. But here's the worst part of the story is I got, I have to willingly do that to my right nipple now. <laughs> <laughs> so as my hand shook, <laughs> and I like kind of had to force myself to go over and wipe that off, and, and I was trying to, I was trying to like not hit the the nipple, but it, that one came off too. So long story short. <laughs> <sure. laughs> I couldn't take it. The longer I left it there, the more it was burning. And that one was starting to hurt, too. So I just kind of, like, took that towel. I was like, oh, my gosh.
0: Well, in true Seinfeld fashion, you just needed to do the the Band-Aid and just rip it right off. Just
1: rip it off. And I so I, I just wiped my, my other nipple off, too. Then I've got, like, this stuff in. I guess you got to shower, get that stuff off your skin. You know what I mean? Any residue is still going to start cooking or whatever. I don't know. I didn't read any of the
0: warnings. <laughs> They put them too far down on the bottle. Well,
1: yeah, there's all this warning down here: do not put on any genitalia or in your nipples. I was like, that needs to be at the top. <laughs> that
0: should be big, bold letters.
1: <laughs> yeah, it should be at the very top, dear idiot. If you're thinking about removing the hair off your chest, don't smear this all over your nipple, moron. <laughs> I don't think I ended up being able to suffer through a shower. I think I took what you know what they call like a horse bath. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I was in so much pain. So then I'm, I'm walking around this house and it's late. I think, I think it was in the fall. I'm pretty sure it was. fall I know the air conditioner was on in the house and I, I promise you when the air kicked on, it like stirred up some air in the house that hurt, mm.
0: you
1: know? And, and if I walked like the breeze just from walking in the house hurt. So I was like, well, I, maybe I should put a shirt on and I put a shirt on and then just the touch of that fabric against the spot. I was like, no, I can't do that. So I ripped that off. So then I was like, kind of walking with like my, if I had to walk or move, I just kind of hold my hands over the top of my nipples just to try to where my nipples used to be the <laughs> nipple spot just to kind of block the air. I ended up trying all kinds of different things, going through all kinds of different ways, but I ended up like putting a t-shirt on and I, I found like, Toothpicks, And I put like a toothpick on each side of the nipple to hold the shirt off. And, I, and so I'm kind of sitting on the couch in a way that it won't move those toothpicks and that shirt. Because a couple of times they moved and the shirt fell back on the, you know, and I almost had to wear a diaper around the house. and it was So bad. I mean, I was just I was just in sheer agony. So then I had forgotten through all this stuff sitting there that I'm married. I got a, I got a wife coming home.
0: At <laughs> you know, any moment,
1: And so about the time I get comfortable, she comes walking through the door. If you remember that house, the door was right there and the TV room was just off to the right. And I've got this shirt with these two toothpicks, you know, like Madonna nipple, banana, banana brawl, you know, like on each side of my shirt. And she's like looking at me and she's like, what? And I was like, don't ask anyway she asked (laughs) she didn't listen she asked because she you know she had lived with me and voluntarily married me and she she knows I'm an idiot and I walk her through this story, and, and it's like trying to confess to your parents, you know, you don't really want to tell them all the story, but she's asking all these in-depth questions, and I was, like, getting frustrated. I'm in pain and getting mad at her.
0: And you realize how stupid it is in hindsight, and she's she's trying to get, I'm sure, just trying to, like, figure out the rationale, and you're just probably thinking, well, of course it was stupid. I know that now. Like, don't make me relive it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I don't know if you're, you know, you know... But your audience may not know, but I'm seven years older than my wife. I'm kind of like the source. It, it's it's kind of a sad situation for our family, but I'm usually the source of wisdom. <laughs> it's even I can't say that without laughing. You know what I mean? Because I had had life experiences and stuff. She was younger. You know, she came from her mom and dad's house to me. So, I mean, she had never lived on her own. And I had traveled and, you know, done deals and negotiated and all that stuff. So, you know, I was kind of like walking around like, I you don't know anything. I know everything. And then she comes home and I've chemically removed my nipples. It was kind of a it was kind of uh, evening up of the relationship, but you know, I, any, any power I had gained all those years, I kind of just immediately
0: melted away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: It was hard, you know, and, and to this day, you know, I'll say something. I was like, babe, you just got to trust me. And she's like, Hmm, you've chemically removed your nipples. So I'm probably not going to trust you on everything. So, you know, and that's been, that's been year. we've been married almost 20 years now. So that's been a long time ago. So then we went to bed that night, and she flopped and turned. It was one of those nights where she just was restless, and and every time she scratched her head even, it just sent me into sheer agony. I remember telling her, like, I I can't lay here with you anymore because you are moving so much. I've got to go to the couch because I'm dying. But here's the most miraculous thing. Your nipples will grow back. (laughs) I don't know if they're like uh, you know, regenerative or what's going on there, but what kind of tissue that is, but they will grow back. Now they're not, they're not at the same consistency or whatever. I mean, I don't even know what works. to say. They're, they're different. I mean, they're, they're physically different. And, and the other thing is that if I'm out in the sun, they, you know, we have really have to take precautions, but my uh, current nipples, <laughs> my new ones, <laughs> They, if I'm out in the sun, they will turn
0: purplish. How long did it take to grow back? Like, did did you notice it pretty quickly?
1: Um, Well, it it took a a solid day to really scab up, and then um, yeah, and and they, I had a scab for a good six months, like that whole winter, I was scabbed up, and then by about the time it bathing suit the next summer, I was ready to unveil my new nipples. Like, hey, look what I got! it's a new season.
0: Do Jake and Tori, do your kids know this story? Um, you know what? That's a good question. I don't know. If- they, they will
1: now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. And here's the, here's the thing is, uh, you know, I've come from a long line of storytellers. And, you know, we've never let a good story get in the way of the truth. But I will tell you this, that I have not fabricated or even I've not even embellished anything on this story. In fact, I've under embellished it for the protection of my myself. I've done a lot of stupid things in my life, and I've got a lot of scars to prove it. But my 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 nipples are probably the most painful. I I, I mean that was a bad deal. I mean we laugh about. I tell that story now for laughs. But I would sent myself into some sheer pain for about 48 hours. I mean I was I was just in agony. I, I, there was no relief. You could there's nothing I could do to relieve myself. You know that's what happens when what's a saying idle hands will. I've got a new saying. Idle hands will remove your
0: nipples.
1: (laughs) I don't do well with time on my hands and unsupervised.
0: We're living in a time where people are stuck at home and they're feeling anxious and they're feeling isolated. What advice do you have to people who are currently participating in social distancing?
1: Yeah, so that's a great question. One thing that I've learned, especially through, and you can imagine some of the stuff I've done to myself, just by listening to one story, you know, you can imagine all the predicaments I've put myself into (laughs) and and, and all this. But, you know, and I look at life, it can either be exile or it can be an exodus. I mean that in a biblical term. And there's a huge difference between, you know, being an exile where you're castigated out and you're just alone and you're just in a time of nothing really happening with no direction and you're wandering or there's an exodus. You know, you are moving and you're in a You're in a transition and a journey, but you have a destination. And yeah, sometimes you get off track and you move into different areas and you take a wrong turn here and there, but there's a destination. So you can use this time for a lot of different things. But at the end of the day, you kind of have to ask yourself, is this an exile or is this an exodus? Because if it's an exile, then you're going to come out maybe... Bitter or more lonely or more depressed, you know, or maybe even you get caught up in all the social media stuff and you may get angry at certain people and blame certain people, or you can use this as an exodus. I hope this has been a time where you know we've been together more as a family. You know, my kids aren't, we'd be in the middle of travel baseball. This has kind of been a blessing because usually my wife takes my son and travels somewhere all weekend long and they play baseball. I can't go because, you know, I love him to death and I actually played college baseball. I can't go because I preach. I have to be home on weekends. Now Tori stays with me because she could care less about baseball and she's got a boyfriend. This is a time where we're still all together. They're not leaving on the weekend. This is a time when there's no excuse why we shouldn't be eating every night. This is a time where we, you know, I don't have an excuse where, you know, I got something to do. I got to run somewhere. I got to do this and that. We should have family night. We can play games and watch movies this is a time where i can catch up on some personal reflection some reading times of improvement times where i can look at people with love and caring i want to do this and this but you know with the idea of christ Christ-like mind for, you know, we're doing things for the least of these. You know, it's not, can I handle the stuff? Maybe, you know, I could probably handle being exposed, maybe. The least of these can't. It's a different idea, and we have to make decisions and have to take a perspective for the least of these. You know, that's what the Bible says. When when did I, I don't remember giving you water. I don't remember clothing you. I don't remember visiting you in, pre- in prison. And he says, when you did it for the least of these, you actually did it for me. Take advantage of the time. Take advantage of everything. I've turned a story into, you know, burning my nipples off for a little humor, you know, a little self-deprecation or whatever. And now I can, you know, here I'm closing up a little bit of a ministry talk. So, you know, everything's opportunity.
0: Aaron, this has been great. I appreciate your time and it's good to hear from you.
1: You too, pal. I'm proud of you. Right. I love you, pal.
0: Thanks. Love you too. We'll talk soon. Okay,
1: buddy. See you, man.
0: If you have an extra minute... It would really mean a lot to me if you shared this podcast with your friends on social media. My hope with this show is that I can bring just a little bit of joy and inspiration to the world. And if you've experienced that yourself, I hope you'll let people know. Thanks for listening. We'll have a new episode up on Wednesday.